Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Classic comes to the screen. Take thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? To be or not to be? Not to be. Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest action hero, Jack Slater. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up. Today, I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is Blaine Waters and J.M. McNabb. And today, we have a really huge movie to talk about. It is one of the biggest movies of all time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like it with the cast, anyway. It should oh, yeah. have been one of the greatest movies of all time. It's one of the most muscular movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Taut. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, first of all, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us a little bit of money each month, and that helps us keep going. That is the magic ticket to our world. <laughs> it sounds like we're doing Willy Wonka or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a golden ticket. So was this. Yeah, this oh. was also gold. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, but the, the Wonka ticket wasn't magic. Wasn't it? Oh, shit. It transported me. <laughs> it transported us all. <laughs> so you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, and that's where you donate a little bit of money, and you get the perks like you get the podcast early. It's ad-free. It's better quality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's some bonus content. Mm-hmm. So those are all good reasons to do that. If you're a real fan, <laughs> the if you really fan. care about podcasts. <laughs> fanboy. Podcast fanboys. Now, yeah. we're going to talk about The Last Action Hero. The 1993 movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed mm-hmm. by John McTiernan. But before we get into that, first of all, we want to talk about uh, some ch- ch- changes. <laughs> Rob just hit puberty. That's and it's, right. it's been a real... <laughs> there is some crazy stuff happening down there and up here in my mind. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> no, we want to tell you that we are going to be switching up the format a little bit of rewatchability mm-hmm. because we have been doing this podcast every week, a new movie, 54 <laughs> weeks a year. <laughs> 54. For a million years, Mm -hmm. and we're going to try something new, and I think it'll help us make uh, the podcast better. Mm -hmm. It'll give us more time to research and make sure that we're giving you, like, the quality that uh, we want to give you each week. So we will tell you 
what the movie is that we'll be watching on the regular episode on a sort of mini episode that'll come the week before. So you'll still get a rewatchability every week. One week it'll be the mini episode where we talk about the first time that we saw the movie and what it means to us and all that stuff. And then the second episode where we really get into it and talk about whether it's Rewatchable. Yeah, and that'll give uh, listeners the chance to, if they'd like to, watch the movie with us and, and have a bit more context for the, the deep dive that we do the following week. Exactly. So we're going to start that next week. So this is our last, like, regular episode. Yeah. Oh, Whoa. my God. You may say it's the last action podcast you wouldn't say no, that. No, no one would say that. <laughs> yeah, it was, a bit of, it was a big stretch. I mean, you would have had to start drinking at like 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, I did, so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so next week, look forward to that. And you know, it's still going to be the same great show. It'll just be broken in half. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to encourage more uh, listener feedback and engagement. So you can always email us, tweet us, you know, send us stuff uh, about your attachments to these movies and uh, and your reactions to rewatching them. And we can read them out on the on the mini episodes. Yeah. Exactly. And what you think we should know if we like skip something or you, you know, you want everyone to know a certain uh, behind the scenes thing that happened in the movie. You can email us that, too. Yeah. Or one of the many, many errors we make. <laughs> you can correct. Yeah. You can totally fact check us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But today's movie, we're still going to make those errors. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Blaine, when was the first time that you saw The Last Action Hero? Is it The Last Action Hero or just Last Action Hero? I think it's The Last Action Hero, isn't it? A Am Last I? Action Hero? <laughs> One of the last action <laughs> heroes. I mean, I know what the font looks like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I loved action movies so much. Like, Die Hard was one right. of the first movies I saw. My mom watched it with me, and it was like a family thing. It's with, a bonding. With, with us, yeah, with me and my mom. So it was really... Nice to watch that with her and to watch a lot of action movies. I got really into them. And so when this movie came out... Mom date. (laughs) I took my mom for Mother's Day. It was a beautiful thing. No, I I wanted to see it very badly. And I remember absolutely loving it. I knew who was involved. Like, I knew it was the the director of Die Hard and the writer from Lethal Weapon. Right. Which is like, what a team that is. Yeah, dream team. Hopefully they won't, like... Negate each other somehow in a terrible mess. <laughs> but if they do that, then Arnold Schwarzenegger will pull it out because yes. he's amazing, right? Right? Yes, right? Like he won't just be sucked down into that quagmire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really liked it. There were so many puns. I liked the Hamlet stuff that was in it. I thought it was all very, very funny and very like, you know – avant-garde with the like movie within the Ooh, movie. avant-garde. Well, I didn't know what avant-garde <laughs> was <Beckett>. back then. <laughs> last action hero. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was pretty high, uh, high-quality stuff back in the day. So you liked it? I loved it. Okay. Yeah. And, and I have seen it a few times since. Okay. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I liked it each time I saw it. But we'll talk about this recent viewing uh, later on in the episode. What about you, J.M.? When did you first see uh, it? Well, first of all, I do want to say I looked it up. It is just Last Action Hero. Okay. okay. And that's because they had a meeting with Sean Parker before they released it. And he <laughs> said, you know what? No the. Take no it. The. Take it off. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. <laughs> when you first Damn. saw it? No. I didn't see it in theaters. Mm. I think I saw it when it first came out on video. Okay. I don't think I was yet a Schwarzenegger fan. Whoa. Right. Like, we'll get into how this is kind of a weird... This movie nestles in a weird demographic where it's kind of a kid's movie, but it's kind of making fun of R-rated movies. Right. And, like, I – yeah, I think it was probably, like, the year 
after this or a year or two after when I really got into Die Hard and Terminator right. and, and the movies that, that I really liked when I was 11 or 12. Yeah, this one I had less of a vested interest. I think the only reason I saw it was because it was heavily marketed towards kids. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Which we'll also talk everywhere. about. But I do remember being disappointed and it's long. I, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours. It's over two hours. So, yeah, I, I was not a fan, but mm. I also have always wanted to rewatch it just because there's so much of this movie that I feel like I should love. Right. So I, I was optimistic going into it now, even though <laughs> I didn't like it at first because I may not have had the right sort of background viewings necessary like to said, enjoy it. You got right. into action movies after this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. I, maybe I'd seen Lethal Weapon. I don't know. But right. uh, yeah, it's. We'll get into it. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't a big fan. What about you, Rob? Well, I did have a vested interest. I had definitely seen my fair share of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies by the time that this came out. I know that I saw Running Man and Predator when I was really young. And, uh, <laughs> Too young. Oh I know God. that I had seen Terminator 2 as well. So by the time this hit... I was already a pretty big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, and he he was really the first big movie star for me. Like, he just seemed like a movie star. He was superhuman. He had all these muscles. Uh, he he didn't seem like somebody who could exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like, you would need a golden ticket or a magic ticket or whatever <laughs> <Right>. the fuck. <laughs> so I was excited. I was excited to see this movie. I remember we rented it, and... We sat down to watch it, and I i don't know. I just – it didn't <laughs> come together, you know? Like it did have all the elements that I was supposed to like. Like it had Arnold Schwarzenegger. It had lots of action. Mm. It had like a really cool villain. And also I was supposed to like these movies where kids do things. Like you know, like the you, cop right. and a half, for example. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. anything where there's a kid and like uh, an adult who doesn't really like kids, that – is prime material for somebody <laughs> of that age. I think I was like, you know, nine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah Any movie sure. that encourages kids to hang out with adults who do not like children <laughs> is, is a good good idea. We were taught the wrong things for movies. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was disappointed, and I hadn't watched it since. I do remember it coming up a lot in grad school while I was studying Shakespeare. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was really interested in contemporary adaptations of Shakespeare, things that take avant-garde approaches. And this movie was frequently cited as something that takes an avant-garde approach to the Shakespeare play Hamlet. But (laughs) without without taking away its meaning, because it still has the whole, like, will Hamlet take action sort of thing in its scene. So – I hadn't seen it since then. I didn't watch it, though. I'm pretty sure I said it in a paper back in grad school. <laughs> so I was really excited to watch it uh, again and see whether or not it was something. And I should also say that even though it was a huge flop when it first came out, it is sort of regarded as a cult film. So I thought it was ripe for a second chance. I think a lot of people our age do have a, a kind of love for it or a nostalgia for it. Yeah, and... People have told me that this is a movie that we should cover on the podcast several times. Yeah, I feel like it was marketed towards kids because kids had more imagination than maybe this movie did. Like when I look back on this movie, it's so much better in my imagination than when I watched it this time. But we'll we'll get into that. Rob, do you want to run down the movie for us? I do. So it starts with cops 
surrounding a building. It's a very die-hard-like scenario. It's even Christmas. Mm. Mm? Yeah, uh-huh. Sh- Shane Black. There you go. <laughs> That's right. And we see a pair of snakeskin cowboy boots stomping over the cop cars. And, of course, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's coming to save the day or whatever. He walks right past Tina Turner, who is the mayor <laughs> right. for some reason. I think she would have been a great politician. Mm-hmm. Still was, could be. Why was there no We Don't Need Another Last Action Hero song on the soundtrack? <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> he I also guess... passes like that lieutenant governor guy, too, right? He's like, call me when the governor gets here. Right. And he is the governor. Or he was the governor. He, yeah, exactly. At one point. He got there. But that was after this. Maybe this is yeah. where he got the idea. Yeah, he's like, governor. Yeah, that's a good word. There are a lot of <laughs> notable like moments where politics are sort of like dismissed or, you know, he's like, politicians are bad. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like maybe the seeds for Arnie's political awakening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie that started it all. We have to stop magic tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just a movie that some kid is watching in a movie theater. It's a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He plays a guy named Jack Slater. And it's like a typical sort of action movie. Tom Noonan is there. Yeah. And it, 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 this kid, you know, noted action star Tom <laughs> Noonan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was in a few things early on in his career, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, it is it's definitely weird to see him as like a bad guy in yeah. this film. It's yeah. a it's a movie that like peels back multiple layers of reality <laughs> starring Tom Noonan. Are we sure this isn't a Charlie Kaufman movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> see, I thought that Tom Noonan's character was Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, like a doppelganger who doesn't oh, look really like him at all. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. But this kid escapes into the movies. He spends all of his time down at the local movie house. He's friends with the projectionist, Nick. And that is where he goes to escape his crappy life because he's just not a happy kid. His dad is dead mm-hmm. and his mom is Mercedes Rule, who rules. I love her. But so good. it would probably be hard having her as a mom because, <laughs> uh, you know, she's, uh, she's <laughs> a tough lady. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she also the mom in Big? No. Okay. Well, she was in Big, though, right? Was she? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, she was in she The was. Fisher King. Yeah. I, she definitely so was in, in The Fisher King. She was in a season of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> you know Frasier so well. You love that yeah. show. <laughs> but this kid, he's friends with this projectionist, and he, the projectionist promises him that he will screen for him the pre-release of the new Jack Slater movie, mm-hmm. which is not even out yet. This right. movie opens with a borderline homeless man inviting a child to come back to his th- empty theater at midnight. I, <laughs> there were a lot of red flags. Yeah. Yeah. And also, can we talk about this theater for a second? Because it's like, I don't know. It's like this beautiful old kind of right. movie palace. Yeah. yeah. But then it's almost like a Terry Gilliam movie or something where it's like this, it's weirdly full of garbage and like spray paint. And so, right. Yeah, like this is the New York from the Ninja Turtles movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> like everything is is hostile to everyone. There's a homeless man sleeping in the back of the theater. Yeah. Like it's – how did he but get a all, golden ticket? The graffiti in the theater is not just like, oh, this is such a like bad neighborhood. There's graffiti all over the theater. Like there's graffiti that says restrooms with an arrow. So it's like, <laughs> wait, did the theater manager do that? And if he did, why didn't he just buy a sign? 
And if it's it was my like tag, yeah, it was it a gang member? And if so, why was he being so helpful? Like right. nothing about that makes sense. Yeah. That's the way that Michael Bloomberg tags things. <laughs> he was probably mayor at the time. <laughs> And he blamed it on Bernie Sanders. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Bernie Sanders all going around telling people where the restroom is. Yeah. He's so goddamn helpful, that Sanders. <laughs> but this kid, he's going to go watch this movie, but just as he's about to leave, he gets mugged by some guy who forces himself in. and uh, in the apartment, yeah. Yeah, forces himself into the apartment and takes this kid hostage with a switchblade. And at one point, he even, like, dares Danny, the boy, to grab the switchblade when he puts it down but Danny just can't do it. He doesn't have he doesn't have the will. He can't act. He's not he can't make action. <laughs> He's not a hero. He's not a hero. <laughs> so it's not it's not going very well for him so far. That's a brutal beginning to a kid's movie too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> like right? This kid getting kidnapped, cuffed into Out his, of his own, own home. Into his own home. This guy could do what like it's scary as this kid he had action figures for kids. <laughs> This movie makes the world so scary that I don't even want to open the door anymore. Like, he opens it five inches, not even more than, like, the deadbolt thing can go, the chain. I know. And when he's, like, leaving the theater for the first time, there's all these people in the streets, like, like reaching for him and stuff. Did you see that? Like, he's walking down the street. This guy goes, ah, and swipes at him. That's the, that's the weird thing about this movie is, like— the re- like reality is so surreal. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. he watches a movie and you're like, oh, that's a movie. And then he steps into the real world and it's like a Frank Miller comic or something. <laughs> like it doesn't feel grounded in the way it should be. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's very weird because when they go into like the fake world, there's like this nice uh, new police station right. stuff like that. Yeah, it's... and it just feels more like that. Feels more like now. Like things are brand new. Spending buildings. a lot of time in police stations, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> They're all lead certified. <laughs> They're very nice. Yeah, but eventually he gets to see this preview of the movie that he wants to see. But before he does that, sort of because he's had a bad time, his projectionist friend Nick, who's played by the uh, judge from Miracle on 34th Street, he yeah, gives Robert him— Robert Prosky? Is yeah, that his name? exactly. Yeah. He gives him a magic ticket. I. I don't know if, okay, I'm not sure if he knows that it's magic, but it does come from Harry Houdini, so that would make you think it's magic, but I don't think Harry Houdini did real magic. Or did he? <laughs> no. This was, this was my first problem with this movie. Okay. It's like, not only is Houdini not a real, like, he was an illusionist, obviously, but yeah, he he's also, a real magician. Yeah. He's not a fake magic person. He's not a sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, like, he, the other thing he's famous for is going around and, like, busting up, like, debunking people that claimed they actually did have magic powers. Right. So... He'd be busting and be like, that ticket's fake? <laughs> yeah, like, what? Punch him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta have a ticket, Danny, to see a movie. And have I got just the one? See, when I was about your age, Harry Houdini played this theater, and my pop took me backstage to see him after the show. And he made a gesture, Houdini did, like this. And all of a sudden, this was in his hand. And he said to me, he whispered, he said, this is a magic ticket. It was given to me by the best magician in India, and it was given to him by the best magician in Tibet. It's a passport. But what, yeah, why would this this movie is making this, the implication that he was really magic, and then he was going around 
Cursing saying that there tickets? was no magic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But Maybe then at the end of the movie, not to jump ahead to the very end, but like after we find out the ticket is magic, the projectionist says to the little boy, like, I think you were the real magic. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even the ticket? Yeah. <laughs> He's a projectionist. What the fuck does he know? That's true. <laughs> and also, even if, like, forgetting if he knows it's magic or not, it was a, like, ticket that Houdini owned. It's worth some money. Why not, like, sell yeah. it to a collector and maybe yeah. renovate that theater a little bit? <laughs> Buy a Get sign. Get a sign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this, something weird happens while this kid is watching the movie because the ticket glows and mm-hmm. does some weird electricity shit. And then, well, he's watching the movie and, like, at one point the bad guy, like, throws a stick of dynamite through the screen mm-hmm. and it explodes and the kid sort of wakes up in the back of Jack Slater's car. So we know that this whole movie is just the kid died and this is like the the, <laughs> oh my the moments before his death. He's imagining all this future life. Wait, so he died but the movie was still magic because the dynamite <laughs> yeah. came yeah, 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 No, no, totally. Oh, okay. totally. But he died there. <laughs> <laughs> Film is magic. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is confusing for him because mm-hmm. he was in the real world and now here is his, his cinematic hero and it's confusing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the audience. Especially. And he, he, like, because you'd think this kid would kind of accept what he's in real fast because he's such like an action movie junkie and he's a small child mm-hmm. who was given a magic ticket that kind of believed in the magic of that ticket. <laughs> like, dude, you're giving a fucking magic ticket. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think he'd come, but he spends a long time being like, one liners? Like, <laughs> bad <action>? puns? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this kid's uh, not too bright. <laughs> Which I, I, death tells him later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, rub it in, death. <laughs> just when you think death couldn't be any worse, <laughs> he makes fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, just kill me. You don't have to fucking kill my ego. <laughs> but he finds himself in this movie, and he... he, he he doesn't know how to convince his his hero. I keep on wanting to say Christian Slater, <laughs> Jack Slater, that this is in fact a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he's like things th- things don't work like this in the real world. Yeah, because he's saying everything that like normally happens in an action movie, and Jack Slater's like, yeah, that's what happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is just my life. Like mm-hmm. I understand it. Yeah. So they go to the police station, mm-hmm. which is a palace. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some notable cameos by Robert Patrick from yeah. Terminator 2 and uh, Sharon Stone, who's not in Terminator 2. <laughs> She's supposed to be like her basic instinct character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not an action movie, no. <laughs> incidentally. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's all weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, this world isn't exactly an action movie either because it's just sort of all over the place fictional. Like one of the not so action movie things in the movie is that there is an animated cat detective. Whiskers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Voiced by Danny DeVito. And this this cat likes to, uh, I don't know, I guess sexually assault female officers for yeah. fun. No, no. For laughs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the night. Is it the 90s? It's the 90s. It's the 90s. Here we go. Yeah, but don't worry, because later he'll be the hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that, I mean, that was the moment rewatching it where I was like, okay, there's some stuff I like and stuff I don't like, but it's not a train wreck. And then the cartoon cat shows up, and you're like, oh, yeah. 
Oh, right. Yeah, I mean the fact that every woman is just like a sexual object in this movie. Like even the even Jack Slater's daughter. Right. The first thing she does is kiss this young boy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, God she supposedly is doing it for some sorority thing. Yeah. Yeah. Played by Bridget Wilson. Yeah. Sampress. Not Sampress yet. Minus Sampress. Minus, minus the Sampress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the cartoon cat is awful. The cartoon cat is awful. Yeah. And, like, it's funny that they're all defending it. Like, he's one of the best officers we have. But it's not. It's, <laughs> Great. Yeah, like, the logic, that's where the logic of this movie starts to kind of implode mm-hmm. for me. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like you were saying, it's. It's not that he's in an action movie. He's in like almost an alternate reality. It's like that's Toontown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Toontown yeah. for random movie tropes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's every movie ever it, made. Yeah, there's no. It's not a genre world. It's it, like Hollywood world. Exactly. Yeah. But also, every movie ever made consists of like three to four recognizable characters. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we get some more of the metafictional sort of stuff when F. Murray Abraham drops by and the kid recognizes him as the guy who tried to kill Mozart. <laughs> Funniest joke in the movie. <laughs> that For that line alone, yeah. this movie is worth it. It is. But what is that kid doing watching Amadeus? Like, he's an action movie junkie? It's a classic. It is a classic. Come I watched on, it when man. I was a kid. But still, it just... <laughs> So weird. Yeah. I, I did love that, though. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, there's a couple moments that I do uh, like in this movie. But he, he, the boy still can't convince Arnie that uh, he is in a movie. Uh, so he brings him to a blockbuster. How would he convince him now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Netflix? <laughs> and would it be a magic smartphone? <laughs> Just ripping it in half. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those foldable phones. Oh, yeah, yeah good. Yeah, something. yeah, so he takes him to Blockbuster, and uh, the standee for Terminator 2 has Sylvester Stallone in it. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's, I guess yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I remember liking that. I mean, they still made Terminator 2 in the world of this movie. Yeah, well, it's a great movie. You wouldn't, <laughs> would you want to live in a world without Terminator 2? <laughs> Wait, so the T-1000 is in... Is like a person in this universe, but they also made the movie Terminator yeah. 2. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it isn't possible. What's not possible? He's fantastic. This is his best performance ever. But that was you. You were in that movie. You were in a movie? Yes. It was called The Girl of My Dreams. It starred you. As a matter of fact, we had this very romantic scene together. Yeah, there are some other, like, <laughs> moments that don't match up because, yeah, like, Terminator 2 is Sylvester Stallone, but if you look very closely on the video rack, apparently you can see a copy of Raw Deal starring Arnold Schwarzenegger with him on the cover. Oh, fuck off, movie. <laughs> movie broken. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. In order to convince Arnie that he has seen the movie, that he knows what's going to happen, he goes, he takes him to the drug dealer's house and tries to tell him, yeah, the, this is the drug dealer that you've been going, uh, trying to catch. This is the bad guy. And Arnie basically, like, laughs it off. Mm-hmm. But it does make the bad guy, Benedict, suspicious. We should say played by the great Charles Dance. Yeah. Who is a dancer. No. <laughs> What's he from? Uh, he's in lots of stuff, but, like, most say recently he was in, he's in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he's on The Crown now. 
Ooh. Uh, playing the same character from Last Action Hero. <laughs> the eye. Yeah. One, one eye. That's what you don't see at the end of the movie. He escapes into all fiction. And now he's just... <laughs> he's everywhere He's just times. murdering people in the crown. Oh, now. man. That's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but so he wonders, how does this boy know this? And starts to sort of look into him and, you know, he's going to figure out the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he tracks the boy down to like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jack Slater's daughter's house or his ex-wife's house. Mm-hmm. Is that the where this whole thing goes down? I'm just like so I think so. I guess it's the world of like the Hollywood movie so he just knows where every character is at all times, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the daughter kicks a little bit of ass. Yeah. And then Arnie comes in and kicks the rest of the ass. Yes. And then she's out of it, right? Yeah, she never shows she, up. She again, never does shows she? up again in the movie. Because no. they set up like a like a kind romance. of a romance thing between yeah. the kid and her. Even though I guess the kid's much younger than her, but he's yeah. kind of like even when he's in the real world, he has kind of a crush on her. Yeah, on the yeah her her, yeah. her cardboard cutout. Yeah, like even when they first show her credit in the fake movie in the movie, like it seems like he's going it's setting it yeah, up for it's like his sexual awakening. Yeah, yeah. right. Which would be awful. So thank God this movie didn't do that. There's also a line early on when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking to him about uh, – when he has him in the car, he says something like, you're not an adult. Like being adult means dealing with this and that and premature ejaculation or something. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? They sold Burger King cups for this. Why, are they, why is an adult man telling this well, child about premature ejaculation? So he can bring it back later. Again, which the kid does. Again at the end. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good callback. Yeah. There's some other like, there's some other really good humor in this movie as well. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh, when to track down uh, one of the bad guys, they go to a funeral for a man called Leo Defart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have to at one point. There's like a bomb on the guy's body in his yeah. corpse, and so they have to stop this bomb, which, by the way, is set by uh, Charles Dance, the great Charles Dance, pulling his finger. Mm. And so what happens is it's sort of like they end up like putting it on a crane. It gets hoisted up and then it ends up dropping into the tar pits. Yeah. And so when it explodes, it just makes like a big tar bubble, mm-hmm. which sort of deflates. And then Arnie or somebody, I'm, I'm assuming it's Arnie, yeah. says silent but deadly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? He's gonna, he says like he's going to pass gas one last time. Like, there's a whole bunch of fart jokes in there for no reason. Uh. Oh, there's a reason. It's so that this movie is a comedy. <laughs> I mean, the the what, the joke that I hated the most because it just made no sense was uh, Charles Dance, like, snapping his finger and the dogs making a pyramid out of themselves. And he's like, the dogs are really well trained. I was like, who – how did that get past anyone writing the script like this sucks yes, so bad that's the other thing is like there's humor in action movies but there's not like elaborate fart jokes in lethal weapon or no <laughs> die hard or anything no. <laughs> no it's the one-liners and they and they yeah. have the one-liners they do that and they're like but let's go further into stupid let's yeah. really like marinate in stupid here the world of the movie is not it, yeah like you said it's not really an action movie it's it's m- almost cartoonish like yeah. the bad guys are you know throwing acme dynamite at mm-hmm. people. It's ostensibly doing like a satire of those action movies, but it's really just silliness. Yeah. Like it's like it's cartoony. It's like Looney Tunes. Yeah. I mean, I think a satire has to be more on point. Like this is kind of just 
like a bad guy in this movie shooting at Arnie, like just indiscriminate everywhere. Like there was no focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so Benedict, the one-eyed bad guy, he sort of gets the golden ticket through stealing Danny's wallet. And then he realizes that he can go through the real world. So that's what he does. And this is a whole different game because I guess in the world of the movies, when you shoot somebody... The cops will come, but in the real world, if you shoot somebody a bunch of times in the middle of the street, nothing will happen. Yeah, this is like a dystopia. This is horrifying New York. I mean, he's he's like on Fifth Avenue shooting a man to death and yelling, I'm doing this on purpose, and nobody does anything. That. He's Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, also, I, I kind of like... The idea of it, which is kind of like another movie we've talked about on the show, Time After Time, right? where they go to the future, H.G. Wells and Jack the Ripper, and Jack the Ripper sees how kind of prevalent like murder and serial killers are right. and how awful the world is and basically is like, I'm at home here. Right. Like, I, I'm more relevant here than H.G. Wells is. And it's kind of the same thing here where he walks out in the real world and, and you know, he has that line to Arnold Schwarzenegger later or to, you know, Jack, not... Uh, but he says something like, you know, we're in the real world where I can get away with yeah, I can being win. bad. I yeah, can right. win. Bad guys can uh, win. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting idea, like to have the villain be more welcome in the real world than in the movie world. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I, they don't do much with it. Uh, <laughs> no. But it, it was a, it was yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And, and a bunch of other stuff happens. Like at one point, the kid brings Slater home. And he meets his mom. And then I'm pretty sure they have sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they bone. They bone. <laughs> they definitely bone in the middle of the night. Because the next morning, they're like, you know, he comes down and they're sitting at the table together. And they, they know each other real well. Yeah. His mom's like, he only lasted one minute, though. Premature ejaculator. <laughs> she should have been like, it just dissolved. So like, you know, that would have been a good joke if they tried to have sex and he couldn't do it. Because it always just cuts between like, oh, that'd be great. You know, getting into bed yeah, and the next right. morning. Yeah. Yeah. So Benedict, he he reaches back into the movie world and pulls out the Tom Noonan character, the Ripper, mm-hmm. and sends him after Arnold Schwarzenegger. The real Arnold Schwarzenegger. The real Arnold Schwarzenegger. In this movie, going to his own movie premiere. Yeah, that's right. It's the big premiere of the new Jack Slater movie. And what's his name? Tom Noonan just walks up the red carpet like he's... Tom Noonan or something. <laughs> like he's the giant star that he is. <laughs> well, I, I do love this part because, yeah, the Ripper walks into the premiere. They all think it's him in the costume. Yeah. And then Rick Ducommon, who yes. we talked about, uh, uh, who from plays Die Hard. Yeah, who, yeah. from Die Hard, play, who plays his agent, <laughs> comes up to just like, Tom, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Jack Nicholson didn't show up to Batman dressed as the Joker. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I, I like that line and I also like the part where they show the real Tom Noonan not in makeup because yeah. yeah. that guy rocks. Yeah, yeah he's great. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it's a big premiere. Everybody is there. You got Jean-Claude Van Damme. You got uh, Little Richard. You have... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who goes to every movie premiere. Yeah. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase gets body checked. <laughs> you know, not, not to skip too far ahead, 
But I do want to talk about like some of the behind the scenes stuff for this movie and the premiere of this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's weird how accurately this kind of predicted that because one of the things that happened with this movie is kind of the writing was on the wall in terms of how much of a bomb this would be, how bad it was. So there weren't actually that many A-list stars at the premiere itself. (laughs) So when I I saw like Little Richard and people was like, oh, this is weird because this is not that far off from what, (laughs) like at the actual premiere, it was like, hey, Danny DeVito's here. And like, you know, it, it was not, Mm-hmm. The the A list names you'd expect. They couldn't get MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing was, I watched like an awkward interview with Schwarzenegger on the real red carpet for Last Action Hero, Ooh. and he has a similarly awkward interview in this red carpet, <laughs> where he tries to plug Planet Hollywood. Right, and Maria Shriver keeps telling him not to. I thought that was really funny. That was that really is funny. funny. Yeah, that was good. Hello. I remember, don't plug the restaurants. I just hate it when you plug the restaurants or the gyms. It's so tacky. Benedict is going to kill Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger? Will Slater? Bingo. We kill less people in this movie. This movie, we only killed 48 people and compared to the last one where we killed 119. And I want to make sure that the action fans understand we make up for it. We did a good story, a lot of emotions, depth, dimensions. Yeah, and yeah, and at this at this premiere, Jack Slater has to like, you know, stop the bad guy from killing Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he gets tackled by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Huh? <laughs> it's crazy because they're the same guy. <laughs> Blaine, Blaine, they're the same guy. I don't, I don't get it, man. I okay. don't get it. Well, it's it's fun. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and you get to see all the celebrity cameos, and uh, and then eventually, like, it comes full circle to the movie because Tom Noonan has the boy Danny up on the roof, just like the not, scene. Not the real Tom Noonan. No, no, no. <laughs> not the, the actor that Tom he's Noonan. Playing. He's like, I'm sick of fucking acting. He had a psychotic break. I only get bit parts. I'm such a good actor. Stay away from me, Kaufman. <laughs> 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 Coffin's been following him for weeks, just hiding behind trees. <laughs> Damn it. But it's a scenario that echoes the scenario that the movie character Jack Slater had, where his son was up on the roof and his child died in the movie. Yeah. And later on, and earlier in the movie, we there's a scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger has to sort of like reconcile himself in the real world. Like he realizes that somebody invented this scenario where his child is murdered before his eyes. I yeah. also like that. And that, I liked that a yeah. lot. It was really good. And another thing, you know, they built this shiny thing that they never used again. Yeah, they mentioned it briefly when he meets the real Arnold Schwarzenegger and he yeah, says, yeah. like, you've caused me so much pain or something. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, there's like so much pathos there that they just, you know, glide right by and, and don't and don't delve into in any way which is so frustrating because that's so sad and kind of amazing mm-hmm. yeah I know I, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Stranger Than Fiction right which is right Zach is Zach Penn did that oh I don't know oh did he I think maybe I'll, I might be I'll, wrong I'll... on that look it up uh, yeah, who's you know the original screenwriter of? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about. He that. did the he, story. He gets of the this. story right, credit. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so uh, they take care of Tom Noonan. They electrocute him, and Danny is still alive. But uh, Benedict. Oh, comes... so, sorry. It was Zach Helm. Zach Helm. Zach Helm penned that script as Damn opposed it. to Zach Penn helming that script. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh god damn, the, the podcast is over. That was that was amazing. We might be in an action movie because that was a pun. That oh was so shit. good. <laughs> Jesus. The big final thing is that Benedict is, you know, confronting him on the roof and he says he has all this power because he can just go into the movies and get whatever bad guy he wants. He can get Dracula, he can get King Kong, all the fictional bad guys. Hitler, he can get <laughs> Why are you guys why are you guys laughing? He does say Hitler. He does. He? It was like one of these things, not like the other. He's going through a list of all these. Yeah, I guess he can bring Hitler back, but they don't go into like sl- downfall. He can go into downfall and bring Hitler. You get the Taika Waititi Hitler. <laughs> that would have been great. Yep, yep. Yeah, but like, there's so many other like you know slashers that he could have mentioned anyway. But that makes me wonder. Like in the movie universe, did World War Two not happen? Oh! Oh, was it was Hitler fictional to him, or Maybe was there a cutscene where he was a Holocaust denier? <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. It could be that. He's one. a real bad guy. <laughs> yeah, damn. yeah. And then he faints to be out of bullets, but he shoots Arnie, and Arnie is dying. Mm. He's dying, and the boy doesn't know what to do. So he tries to bring him back into the movie theater where. The wounds aren't as – it'll just be a flesh wound. Well, he pulls out a gun and waves it at a bunch of paramedics. Oh, yeah. That and was they all flee the scene. Yeah. They all just run away. Yeah. I think I, I think that checks. <laughs> if a kid pulls a gun on me, I'm going to you know, yeah. briskly walk away. <laughs> briskly walk. I'm going to stride away. going to stride. And at the same time, something especially creepy happens – they're watching The Seventh Seal at some rep cinema uptown. <laughs> it specifically says, like, art house cinema inside the marquee. And it's packed. <laughs> wow. It's a brand new print, 35 oh. millimeters. So, but, like, Death's scythe mm-hmm. comes out of the screen, and then Death just walks out of the screen and starts walking you, through Manhattan. You know what I don't get is his scythe comes out of the screen, and it's like three stories tall. <laughs> it's so creepy. And then he comes out and he's like just the regular head of a human being. Perspective. <laughs> he's also played by uh, Ian McKellen. Yes. Yeah. I did not remember this at all. Why is no. he in this movie? It's so weird, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, before X-Men, he was not like the superstar that he is. Or I guess before Lord of the Rings. I guess that was what he was in first. Yeah, and he was in, he's a pretty big British star, wasn't he? Yeah, but like British star. It was a, it was a weird thing. Also, shouldn't he have been Swedish? Yeah. Mm. Was Donark Erkenland not available? I don't know who played that in oh, Seventh Seal. <laughs> it's a name like just, that. Just blatant <laughs> Swedish. I bigotry. may have gotten that mixed up with some IKEA things I need to buy. Oh, God. There's also just there's so many weird random actors in this movie. We didn't even really talk about like how Anthony Quinn is one of the other villains, right? And uh, Art Carney is in this movie for some reason. Yeah, who else? There's just so many just odd random people, like oh, not like yeah. action movie staples. Like I can't think of an, another action movie with Art Carney in it. <laughs> who was uh, Truman's best friend in the Truman Show? Oh, Noah Emmerich. Yeah, he was in the like the first scene of this movie. Yeah, he plays one of the cops. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little I don't, I don't think he was like supposed no, to be an it's actor. Just a, he was an actor <laughs> at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I found a lot of the cameos like really distracting. Like the MC Hammer cameo just slows down the scene. <laughs> and even like a lot of the other ones that come sort of quickly, you're just like, why? Why? Yeah. 
you know? They should have recruited his uh, cartoon avatar to (laughs) come out of the screen and help. Yeah. But eventually he gets him back into the movie screen and the doctor in the movie just says, ah, what are you talking about? It's just a flesh wound. And everything is back to normal. Mm -hmm. And the kid goes on with his life. He offers the projectionist the ticket and he doesn't want it. He just wants to bore him with more old stories. I remember when I was a kid, like, watching this and when death was like, I would be looking for the other half of the ticket. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was such a revelation that they're – like, that's how he would – But the camera lingers on the ticket box. Oh, I know. That was kind of – when I saw it this time, I was like, oh, yeah. Why did they rip the ticket at all? He owns the theater. They don't need to do that. Yeah. It's oh, wait, no. He used to get jam. it to the premiere. Right. But also when they wait, open – when, when did they rip the ticket? I'm confused. They ripped the ticket when he's going into the preview. So technically, you shouldn't even need a ticket. Yeah. But also, my question is, when they open the box and they all the tickets spill out, they all look the same. Are you telling me that this theater has been using the same kind of tickets since 1918 or whenever Harry Houdini died? Oh, that's the other thing. <laughs> then the projector's not working when they're trying to save Jack and the ghost of Harry Houdini, like... Starts making the real spin around, and because the, the old man goes Houdini, <laughs> like, what is even happening? It's like, Ramoli, is like yeah. what a game. Is the ghost of Houdini from a movie? Is uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I do want to say also, like I do know know that Houdini made a lot of movies, and like I know he like sure he may have even pioneered some like cinematic tricks. Maybe that's what this is a reference to. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe. The magic of cinema. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange. But that is <laughs> – that's the last action hero. <laughs> and we have a lot more to get to after this last action break. <laughs> it's just a break, Rob. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Last Action Hero, not the Last Action Hero. And guys, I have some trivia questions for you. So hit us. Yes, get ready. So, question the first. This movie features a number of people involved in the film Predator. Mm. How many? And name them. Okay. You guys can both do this together. It's collaborative. How many does it have? Well, that's you have to figure it out. Oh, okay. Well, at least two: Jack Slater and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we got two there. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Does Shane Black have a cameo in this? Well, I don't think he needs to have a cameo. He wrote the script. Oh, so just, just involved. Just involved. Involved. Just involved. Okay. involved. Yeah, involved. Well, Shane Black uh, yeah, is Shane in Black. Predator, and he wrote this. Uh, who else? No, John McTiernan. Did he have any? Well, John McTiernan directed yeah, Predator. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Three. Did, oh. Uh, no, Alan Silvestri did the Predator score. And we should say Michael Kamen did the score for this. Yes. Who did Die Hard and uses some of the Die Hard score when they reference it. Yeah. scenes, which I That's good. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at least three. Three is good. Are they actors? 
They are actors. So they're, it's a little tougher okay. because they're not as well known as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but one of them is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, well, yeah. no. Yes, he played the Predator. <laughs> it, 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 they, they didn't use any of the footage. <laughs> it counts. It counts. And the other one, uh, Blaine, I'm really uh, disappointed with you because uh, we've covered this guy in a previous question. Sven Ol Thorsen, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger's frequent collaborator. <laughs> God damn it, Thorsen. Yeah, uh, and he plays one of the guards in Mallrats. That's his biggest uh, role. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. And he was the uh, and he's the polyamorous partner of Grace Jones, which is also good for him. <laughs> wait, wait, just like in real life? Yeah. Are you just going to drop that? Okay. okay. I know, it's impressive. She's like a sex symbol. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay, so this one, <laughs> this one's a, this one's a little bit easier for you. Okay. So Charles Dance plays the villain Benedict, and at one point threatens to get all these movie villains, such as Dracula and Hitler, uh, <laughs> famous for movies and nothing else, <laughs> to uh, to you know attack all those guys. But actually, uh, Charles Dance is uh, in a Dracula movie. I was wondering if you guys could name that Dracula movie. Dead oh. and loving it. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Definitely not. Is it an old one? No. Uh, is he? Does he play Dracula? He plays a master vampire. Ooh, damn! Is it Dracula Untold? Yes. Oh wow! I, I've never shit. seen it. That's just I think the most recent Dracula. That's process of elimination, which I think was supposed to be hitched on to the dark universe that never happened. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. He plays Master Vampire and Caligula, who apparently gives Dracula his powers through grossness. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that would have been great if he named, like, I can bring them all, Jason, Freddy Krueger, Caligula. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good, Jam. That Thank was you. great. Okay, so this one's uh, a little tougher. Two actors in this movie passed away shortly after the filming of this, making oh. it their last on-screen appearances. Can you name those two actors? MC Hammer. Yes. Oh, jeez. Uh, Rip. Rip Hammer. <laughs> Rip Hammer. What about the projectionist? Was he... Is no. he still alive? Yeah, he's. I, mean, I don't I know if he's, he's still alive now, but, but okay. he was definitely sure. in things after this. Okay. He was also Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know when that year that yeah, came. Yeah, that was after this. Yeah, okay. it? Died right after this. Yeah, like oh as soon as the camera stopped rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it was the only thing keeping him alive. That cartoon cat. <laughs> yeah. No, one of them was Art Carney. Okay. Who uh, has a really good exit line, though I can't remember what it is. But it's appropriate because he's never seen on screen again. Oh, so this he's like, that's all for me. This was his last on screen appearance. Yeah. Wow. wow. What, what a legacy. What a legacy. Oh, and the other well, guy. No, this is funny. He was, you know, yeah. he was in uh, one of the most beloved TV shows about spousal abuse in history. And then <laughs> he ended his career in this. <laughs> Who was the second guy? Uh, the other guy was Toru Tanaka, who. God damn you. Is maybe better known to some people as Professor Tanaka from the WWF, but oh. also played Sub Zero in The Running Man. Oh, okay. and he played the henchman guy. Oh, yeah. But he passed away shortly after this movie. Was as it well. because Ian McKellen touched them <laughs> as he passed? Yes. yes. <laughs> Leave him alone in his dressing room, guys. <laughs> Thou shalt pass. <laughs> On. Oh, God. Yeah. That was pretty good. You guys did okay. 
some of those were pretty tough. I mean, this was a movie that was a bit of a debacle, right. as I think you probably know, J.M. It was from a script originally by Zach Penn and Adam Leff, and it was meant to parody the typical action film screenplays of writers such as Shane Black and directors such as uh, John McTiernan. So... It became a thing when Shane Black and John McTiernan were both hired for the film that was making fun of them. <laughs> yeah, like they said they even went to like the uh, MPAA archives or something and got copies of Shane Black's scripts and oh, read, read them to, awesome. to kind of pick apart and then had their script rewritten by Shane Black. Yeah. Which is a weird feedback loop of yeah. insanity. Yeah, I feel like they they probably couldn't make fun of themselves, right? Like, it would be hard to see yourself that way, like, being parodied. Yeah, well, I think that there is, like, I think that the movie does try to have a sense of humor about itself, but it's not... It's not a total sense of humor, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't... There's something about it that is being... We like to see these people, these movies, big things, superstars, A-listers, spoofed, but... It seems so on the nose, and it doesn't like it seems like they still want to do the thing that they love doing, which is making action movies. Well, John mm-hmm. McTiernan said something like this was the worst experience he had in Hollywood making movies, which is oh, kind Jesus. of crazy considering he went to jail <laughs> because of something he did while making a movie. <laughs> yeah, oh but uh, <laughs> jail's nothing compared to Last Action Hero. I don't care, I'm never going back to Last Action Hero. <laughs> It was also inspired uh, in another sort of full circle way by The Simpsons, which had already been doing their Rainer Wolfcastle parodies. Oh, yeah. And uh, later, actually, The Simpsons referenced Last Action Hero in an episode where Bart tells Rainier his last movie sucked. And then Quimby says, yeah, magic ticket my ass. Oh, I don't remember that. That's a weird feedback loop, too. Yeah. Uh, I actually went and read some of the original scripts. Did you? Uh, Is it any better than the script we got? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, like, darker. I think, like, also, like, it has a very clear theme and message that the final movie completely That's undercuts. Nice. Yeah. In the script that I read, which, like, originally was called Extremely Violence, mm. but the uh, the script I saw was still called Last Action Hero, so maybe they retitled it while they were still working on it. Because they basically right. got fired and Shane Black sure. came in. Right. Yeah. But... They had it be instead of a magic ch- ticket, he, the projectionist is basically the devil. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in the the first scene where he's in the movie theater, instead of a magic ticket, he gives the kid a gun. <laughs> oh my god! And it was basically like one day you're gonna use this and like kill the guy who wronged you or something. Wow! Whoa. And then uh, he he just gets sucked into the movie. I'm not exactly sure how. It's just kind of like a, a magic moment. And then at the very end, when uh, him and Jack confront he's not called Jack in the original he was called Arno which right. they had to change once Arnold Schwarzenegger was cast <laughs> but the villain reveals himself to be the projectionist who again is like a demon or the devil right. yeah, yeah. and the devil's whole thing is like remember that gun I gave you you gotta take it out and kill me because I'm the bad guy like and so he, and he just gunned down uh, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger so that's kind of cool uh, and so the kid's really mad and he's like pointing the gun at him and he's like you know gonna pull the trigger and uh Arno is basically like, don't do it. Like, don't do it. And he's like, yes, you have to do it. Like, yeah. gun me down. That's what I told you to do. So basically, the the whole movie seems, and eventually he puts it down. Yeah. But oh. the whole movie seems to be. <laughs> Some fucking Star Wars yeah. shit there. <laughs> but the, the whole movie, the message seems to be like, 
are violent movies corrupting kids to the point where they will commit real life violence? Well, and that's kind of what I thought and kind of remembered this movie being was that like he learned a lesson because when the kid he's like stab me in the back, kid, if you if you're gonna do it, like do it. Here's the knife at the beginning with the robber, and he doesn't do it. I was like, oh, this kid like will learn that. You can solve your problems without violence. Yeah, but it's but the opposite. No. He waves his gun at a bunch of paramedics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. People are not paid enough for that shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. He learns to be very like cavalier with with a gun by the end of this movie. Like yeah. it's not it's the great the, message. No, <laughs> no. It's, and it's the opposite message of this movie, and that's what's kind of bothersome about it to me in retrospect. They even yeah. had ACDC write a song for it called Big Gun. <laughs> so maybe that's a euphemism. Well, also, like, when Arnold Schwarzenegger got cast in this, like, he was a big part of the reason why they scaled a lot of the violent content back, I guess. And right. he wanted, I guess because he had a family, he wanted it to be more family-friendly. He pushed for the sure. PG-13. But then why do you have this ending where the kid learns to be violent instead of the other way around? Well, that's, like, and also, I think there's another, it's, it goes into, like, a larger problem about Hollywood, where, like, I was even watching his interviews on the red carpet for the, the real-life premiere, where he right. was saying, you know, like, I'm so proud of this movie because it's PG-13, you can take the whole thing family right and he he also like he didn't apparently want his action figure to have a gun like so he was kind of like acting like it was this nice family thing but it's still you know there's no blood but there's still lots of people getting shot and blown up and thrown off of buildings so it's this kind of broader hollywood problem where you know we're we're kind of coding violence in a way that's digestible to young people because it doesn't, you know, tick certain boxes that are unacceptable to the MPAA. And no F-words, no boobies. Yeah, so I th- that kind of central hypocrisy of this movie just kind of irks me well, thinking about it now. The movie yeah. undoes itself. It's like trying to say one thing and then says a completely opposite thing at the end. It like it really goes into contortions to even exist <laughs> it's it's horrible <laughs> thematically it's horrible but i'm glad the original script like was what i imagined like and imagined and remembered this movie to be which was kind of like you don't need to be an action hero you can be a hero without fucking killing someone yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and uh that hamlet scene was from the original script by oh, nice. Yeah. nice oh one thing to mention about that hamlet scene is they show the Lawrence olivier hamlet and the teacher is Joan Plowright, who was Laurence Olivier's wife. Oh, crazy. Very meta. That's a cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. She could have brought her husband back from the dead if she (laughs) had that ticket. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's your reboot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can see how the devil, though, was a little, that's like a little weird to have a demon and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's a bit scary for 1990s America. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also, like, I mean, it was coming off of like the satanic panic of the eighties, sure. so I think it would have been even more relevant at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, You're right. But this movie, it came out and it did not make a lot of money, not as much as they thought it would, because they, they were positioned for it to be a huge hit. Like, Terminator Two was Arnie's last movie opening, and of course, that was one of the biggest movies ever. So they expected that right. this would be everything, and it had all the elements. It had the John McTiernan, it had the Shane Black, it had all these stars. But they released it the week after Jurassic Park. 
That sucks. That's bad timing. That's bad timing. And so it opened at number two, and it made uh, fifty million dollars, I think, op- domestically. But like overall, or the opening weekend? I, I think uh, no. opening weekend. It made over a hundred million overall. Yeah, yeah. But it only made like one hundred thirty-seven million worldwide, which I think is less than it costs to put together. So it well, was. And from what I remember from the marketing, it was fucking marketed everywhere. So that must have been so expensive to do on top of the movie's budget already. Yeah, apparently, I don't know whether it's a rumor or whether it actually happened, but they were going to paint. Arnold's face on a space shuttle. Okay, I'll show. I, okay, I have notes about this because I've extensively researched. <laughs> what? This. The okay, fuck? I'm not. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I still have notes about some of the making of this movie and the clusterfuckery behind it. But while we're talking about the promotion, so I, I like wrote about this a few years ago. And I, like, actually had to, uh, for the first time, like, pay for a newspaper subscription. Because I, I was like, I got to get a look at this uh the spaceship to promote Last Action Hero. So, well, before we get to the spaceship, the other thing they did was, you know that inflatable Arnold Schwarzenegger that's in at the premiere in this movie? Oh, right, yeah. They actually erected it in uh, Times Square. But, <laughs> but then it lost all its air really quickly? No. Metaphorically, because <laughs> the uh, sculpture, the inflatable Arnie, was carrying a shotgun and a big thing of dynamite. And they put it up in Times Square three days after the World Trade Center bombing. <laughs> what are you kidding me? No. Whoa. So people, <laughs> so people complained. And Maybe just a little bit. So instead, to promote, oh <laughs> to my promote the God. movie, they moved it out of Times Square and put it in a barge, <laughs> like out by the water. Here, I've got pictures for you. Here, you can see there he is in the city. And wow. then they moved him out onto this barge that still says Schwarzenegger underneath. We'll tweet those out. Yeah, we'll tweet them out. It, it's horrific. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> and then uh, They should make him dance with Lady Liberty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing they did was they decided to like really pioneer the advertising for this movie that was going to be so huge. They would have the movie's like logo, Last Action Hero, on the side of a, a space shuttle that NASA was going to send up. Mm-hmm. And they paid half a million dollars oh, to do Jesus. that. That's not bad. And, but <laughs> it turns out that space travel is tricky. Oh. So, yeah. So the movie came out in June. The shuttle got delayed until August. Uh, so by the time the shuttle went up, it, the movie was already a bomb. Uh, uh, but I do have another picture here. This is the picture I was able to find online. Uh, this is the mock-up. It has Last Action Hero on the side. Uh-huh. And then on the rockets, it says Schwarzenegger. Whoa. Um, right. So it's pretty The rocket glorious. that will return to Earth. It, like that's just a booster rocket. They also so. had a thing where, like, the studio set up a thing where you could call and leave voicemails that they would record and put in the rocket to send to space. It was, it was weird. Holy shit! Jeez. Um, I mean, this movie famously set in space. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you? They also, they just, even though, like, like I said, it kind of became clear by the premiere that this wasn't going to be a hit. They just kept throwing money at it. So the premiere had a replica of uh, Elsinore Castle from Hamlet. Because <laughs> that was such a big scene in the movie. Yeah. It had a dangling Leo the Fart mannequin from a, hanging from a crane. Okay, like, in the that's movie. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of no. It, no, but it's it's cheap at least. It's not half. Of, you just get a a dummy and put in a costume. But nobody cares about that stuff. Nobody's seen the movie yet. <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> and Shane Black did say at the premiere, it was like one of those things where it was this super big party and then everyone was just kind of sitting, standing around in silence because no one wanted to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Make no mistake. 
Jack Slater is the last action hero. And now you can be Slater. Jack, help! Pick on someone your own size, Ripper. You asked for it, Slater. Piece of cake. Jack, look out! Whack! Whack! You ripped my shirt. Big mistake. Have a dumbbell, dumbbell. Ah! You're such a drip, Rip. Heat Pack and Jack, Hook Watch and Danny, Axe Swing and Ripper, and Dynamite Jack Slater sold separately. New from Mattel. What's the? Why does he have the cargo loader on his back from Alien? Because he, he didn't want to have a gun. Ah, oh, so weird. This is for murdering my son. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> <laughs> my life is an existential nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. Did you have the toys? I remember seeing them in the stores, but I did not have them. Mm. I mean, I love the idea that there's a Tom Noonan action figure out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, oh, this so movie weird. is a nightmare. Uh, there's just so many notes. There's so many articles with interviews. Well, uh, there was talking about what a nightmare this was to make. There this, was uh, a notorious. Um, there was a chapter in a book by Nancy Griffin and Kim Master. Their book Hit and Run about the John Peters sort of reign at whatever movie studio that was has a whole chapter about Last Action Hero <laughs> called How They Built the Bomb. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and. Uh, the uh, even like because yeah they brought in Shane Black and his partner to rewrite Zach right. Penn's script, which kind of sucks for them. But even that was taken and rewritten to the point where Shane Black wasn't happy with it. I'm like, sure Shane Black said they came up with some stuff they thought was pretty cool. Like at one point he said there was like a scratch in the film, and Arnold Schwarzenegger reached up and grabbed it and stabbed the guy with it. Oh my god, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then that got taken away from him and given to William Goldman. Yeah. The great screenwriter. Everything what? he touches turns to gold, man. Who got a million dollars for four weeks work on this movie. Oh my god. Uh, and then they took that William Goldman script and gave it to Carrie Fisher to punch <laughs> up. What is going on? Yeah. So all of it, again, like it's it's everything you love being piled on until it's just nothing. Like it's just so much stuff you love that kills it. I love William Goldman. I love Carrie Fisher. Um, All this stuff. It's just everything. Too many cooks, man. And like it's a contentious relationship between uh, McTiernan and Shane Black and everyone. And then like Zach, because there's always a contentious relationship with Shane Black. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also, and then Zach Penn. you know, who was just like a guy, like it was a spec script that him and his friend wrote. Right. Yeah. And it, it prompted this bidding war. And this was, I guess, the first movie they sold. So, you know, even though they were taken off of it, there was no hard feelings and they were offered a cameo in the movie. So he said he was a, he had a cameo as a police officer and spent a week shooting this movie only to be told <laughs> – by one of the other actors, that he was actually being cropped out of the frame by the director out of spite. <laughs> Whoa, what? really? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Is... Uh, Jesus. Just There was no goodwill making this movie whatsoever from <laughs> anyone. <laughs> it's no. like some guy approaches John Tiernan in jail. This is from Zach Penn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just, it cost, this. <laughs> it cost so much money and they had this release date that they needed to hit because otherwise they wouldn't be destroyed by Jurassic Park, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so they, like, could, you know, they didn't want to move the state. They had to do it. So, like, the producer said, said like, they just had so much to edit. It was it was just a slog getting the finished thing. He said, if there'd been more time, there's a chance someone might have stood up and said, what the fuck are you doing with an animated cat? <laughs> <laughs> something, for, something which, from the outside looking in, looks like a decision of somebody using drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, well, you know who Arnold Schwarzenegger blamed the uh, failure of this movie on? 
Democrats. William Jefferson Clinton. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's right. Arnie says that it was one of those things where President Clinton was elected and the press somehow made the whole thing kind of political where they thought, okay, the 80s action movies guys are gone. Here's a perfect example. And they wrote this narrative before they saw the movie. The action hero era is over. Bill Clinton is in. The highbrow movies are the in thing. Now I couldn't recuperate. When did he say that? Uh, not too long ago, I don't think. Oh, wow. I think, I think it might have been when he was governor. Because <laughs> every, so every other person involved with this movie was just like, yeah, it was a, just a kind of a disaster the whole way. But, well, it was Clinton. <laughs> it was and the Democrats. They said like the studio head, like McTiernan was having a frustrating time too because the studio head couldn't decide if they were making a family movie or like an action movie. Like no yeah. one knew who the target audience for this movie was. And even the fact that we felt that as kids, yeah. I think is indicative of just how off the mark they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, because kids are dumb. Like, they sold us a lot of other garbage. We I was an especially question. dumb kid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't really seem to know what it wants to be, and yeah, it does want. It wants to be for kids. Like they think cartoons are for kids, but uh, it also wants to be for adults. In that it has. All this terrible things like uh, somebody's son dying and like uh, <laughs> and Tom Noonan with uh, weird teeth. <laughs> that ain't for kids. It's just so weird that William Goldman was on this. Shane Black was on this. Carrie Fisher did like comedy on it. It's just – it just feels like – You can't was, polish a turd. It was just too many big egos on a, on a thing where they all tried to make it something different and pulled it in so many different directions. And Schwarzenegger. And, yeah. and Schwarzenegger. This, this, the, the kids said like they spent like a week trying to figure out what car looked best. They spent like a week with Schwarzenegger oh testing out cars. That's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it does seem like a, a big, massive cash sink. Yeah, you know, and also yeah, the yeah. kid. I mean, I actually thought the kid was pretty good in this movie, but like, you know, why you can't get like a Macaulay Culkin or a, you know someone recognizable? Well, this is the kid that replaced Macaulay Culkin in the My Girl series, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he's also the kid from uh, Prehysteria. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have to be honest. I didn't really love the kid in this movie. No. I found that he didn't really have the range to uh, to sort of embody everything that this kid was trying to deal with, like, you know, the the dead dad and the, the escaping into reality and not your hero. I don't know. He just couldn't do it. Like, was I mean, Jonathan Taylor Thomas not available? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, the hair definitely seemed like they were sort of suggesting a Jonathan Taylor Thomas-esque, yeah. you know. And I, I can just imagine audiences seeing this after Jurassic Park and being like, oh, the kid acting was way better in that yeah. other movie. But the other thing is that, like, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger also doesn't have the range for this. Like, Arnold, yeah, yeah he's the big action hero, but he's not an actor, really. He doesn't really do the acting with the sure. feelings and the emotions. I, I think, I don't know. I, I take issue with, I think he's very watchable in this. Sure, sure. I mean, he's watchable in a lot of things. But I think, like, if... It's so weird to have him be the guy that is parodying the sort of alpha action hero guy because that's just who he is. I yeah, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it's easy for him to play the action hero stuff, but I think the reason it might not have the things that you pointed out, JM, that we liked a lot, like the oh, my whole life is being written by someone and all that stuff. That didn't go anywhere because I don't know if Arnie could get. There, I think he could. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah, I, I think he's a good actor, and I, I mean, especially lately, he's been killing it in dramas lately, like Maggie. Ninety four when this came I out. I think I think if the writing was there, it, yeah. it would have happened. But right. I, I think another problem is 
it's Schwarzenegger playing a Schwarzenegger character, but that's not really there is no kind of comparable franchise for Schwarzenegger. He does right. you know, he did mm-hmm. like the Terminator and Commando and Predator, like none of the like this is kind of like a lethal weapon thing. He yeah. was never in he like a, a long running cop. Yeah, exactly. Like he he's was been a kindergarten a, cop. He was but, kindergarten cop, mm-hmm. he did like red he was heat, in running I man. guess. Running cop. But he's never been that like yeah, guy, like this the cop mo- movie with the, like the chief who's yelling at him and like yeah. he mouths off and doesn't care. Yeah. And- this felt more like McBain. This felt like some weird kind of abstract cultural uh, sense of who we think Arnold Schwarzenegger is, down to like the cigar chomping, which is mm-hmm. like in Predator, I guess, but more a thing we associate with his real life personality. For sure. it, ju- it just was very unfocused. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so also the cat. <laughs> that fucking cat. Okay, so let's go around and uh, say, Blaine, did you think that this was a rewatchable film? Uh, I mean, it's really interesting oh, at, at times. Man. I don't think it's rewatchable. I just – I think it's so interesting that it like the movie premiere in the movie echoed the future movie premiere in real life. That's really interesting <laughs> to me. I think it's really interesting that they burned through a lot of cash and then they actually burned cash in this movie like it just seemed like they knew what they had on their hands and learning all this stuff about it I kind of want to go back and and rewatch it sometime in my life just to watch them do backflips and see what writer wrote wrote what like to parse it out uh, in my mind but it's not I mean if you like movies don't watch this one (laughs) Uh, what about you JM no yeah yeah there you go no I mean Again, I love the idea of it, but um, do think, something else. Do do something like never. It never felt like he had entered the world of an action movie, and that's yeah. what I wanted because I love so much of of. I, I, again, it's one of those movies that I don't think is great, and it's frustrating that it's not so great because it's such a good idea, mm-hmm. and it has moments where it 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 has glimmers of being a great movie, but it it never commits to to even parodying or or reflecting the kind of thing that that it's supposed to be and i think a big problem is like you said they hired two guys that that make those things like i mean they say you know zach penn says it in that article i was reading like you can't they were expecting the studio to hire you know someone like a a john landis or you know right He's got his own issues, but I mean, <laughs> some, but someone who could come in and and sort of deconstruct the genre, not someone that's been who, that's made some of the best examples of the genre, but someone who might not have the perspective to, uh, yeah. I mean, like even if we, as we talked about, like it did, the movie world didn't feel that different from the real world. So I, I, I am I'm disappointed that I didn't like it, but again, I, I didn't care for it. Yeah, and I think that's what I was saying right at the beginning is that, like, as a kid, I had I had an imagination and, like, watching this movie, I kind of remembered it being way better than it was because I think it's easy to imagine the movie that it could have been and yeah. it just failed to be. That's what's so disappointing with it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I feel the same way. I really – I think I gave this room to be good and I just – it's sort of just a mess and it's – Terrible! It's all over the place. <laughs> there are so many bad aspects of it, but yeah, there are so many like really fascinating, interesting aspects of it that it's frustrating that uh, it is so bad yeah. that they just d- decided to stop trying to you know elaborate on the themes that the original writers wrote in there, and then just decided to make it like a sort of cheeky 
action or you know film pastiche. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah. That said, I feel like I could watch part of it if it came on TV, if that were still a thing. If I was channel surfing <laughs> and I saw little F. Murray Abraham, I would stop for sure because mm. I, some of it is like for sure delightful. It's just like it's two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. It's long. Oh, yeah. Like if you're parodying something, it should not be longer than the things that it is parodying. <laughs> well, also, yeah, like when they come into the real world, that feels like it should be – the beginning of the third act, right? Yeah. And it comes at right at the halfway point. It's right around, you know, just over an hour into the movie. Yeah. It's too long. Mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But again, the like they were editing so this thing right down to the wire. And yeah, it shows. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, not rewatchable. And that's the last action hero. That was all the action heroes. <laughs> all of them are dead now. <laughs> They're all gone. This one killed them all. Well, it was, though. It was kind of the end of that era, though. Well, because of Clinton. Because of Clinton. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the worst thing he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so that's rewatchability for this week. We'll be back next week with a mini episode. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back with our regular episode the week after that. So new formats starting next week. And until then, you can still find us on Apple Podcasts. We're still on Facebook and Twitter where you can communicate with us. And, yeah, like give us your input about the movies that we watch, about what we say. If we miss something, if there's something that you really love about a movie that we don't mention, then chime in and we'll try to like work it in there somewhere, <laughs> somehow. Make it a pastiche again. Make Make it a pastiche. This movie. Make it a pate. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.